All right, you know what that sound means. I am Mitch Maley, and this is the Bradenton Times Podcast. I have a special guest with me this week. We have been making an effort to bring in a lot of our very active community activists and talk about some of the issues that they're passionate about, talk about their experiences. And I'm particularly excited today because our guest also ran for the county commission in a very grassroots campaign, and I wanted her to be able to talk about that experience, particularly if anybody out there is thinking about mounting a grassroots campaign for 2024. And we welcome Miss Candice Luth. What, let me say it right, Candice Luther, right? Yes, you can call me Candy. Candy. Well, thanks for joining us today. And uh, you ran. For the at-large seat, I believe, right? In yes. 2018. Yes, 2018. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Maybe some of the things you learned from it. The do's and don'ts, if you will. It's 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 a tough thing to do on your own. I ran my entire campaign by myself. I raised $900 throughout my campaign and paid the rest of it out of my pocket. So sometimes you have to do that. If it's something that you care about, it's worth it. But um, I did, I, I ran against a very long-term incumbent. So it was a challenge, but I think um, I think it's it's worth the effort to at least have the opportunity to get out and talk to the public about things they may not be aware of. Um, there's a lot of speaking and engagements, so it gives you a, a good opportunity to meet with a lot of different people that you wouldn't normally come across. Um, you know, the articles that are printed, I would say trust maybe half of what's printed because you're not going to get the truth. Um, half might be a generous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But definitely, you know, people are available to talk to when they're running. Reach out to them. They're, they would welcome the opportunity to be able to speak to you if they have an issue or a concern. You know, tell people what you think. Part of the problem I think that we have with uh, some of our history is that the board members don't care. And they don't listen, and we really desperately need people who will. And I guess what we're what we're seeing is a dynamic in which, until the public becomes more and more involved and educated on local issues, there's no real, other than you know doing your civic duty, there's no reward for doing the right thing and listening to the public. And the punishment that is more likely to be enacted by special interests than it is at the ballot box. And that's I guess the most frustrating part is we're still in this dynamic where. The vast majority of people who pay any modicum of attention are saying, we don't want this government, we don't want these policies. Right. The vast majority. And then they're still getting washed out by the votes of people who pay pretty much no attention and just vote based on party line or the mailers that they get that reflect nothing about a platform or candidate's values. Exactly. It has a lot to do with money. Do you get the sense in the community that the frustration... I know I feel it from our readership in terms of the number of comments and letters and emails and everything. I do feel like the frustration is the highest I've seen it in the 15 years I've been here. It definitely. It grows and grows and grows. And I guess that's what we're going to have to wait for is to get to a tipping point where people have just become so frustrated that they find, because there is a real, there's a neat little trick and uh, to voting in a way that is for your self-interest. And it could basically be boiled down to go to the supervisor of elections website, look up how much money they have raised. If they have raised six figures for a county commission seat, they're probably not going to be working for you. And then if 
that just I baseline. <laughs> and then if you want to do just a little bit more, open up those reports that they file uh, each quarter and ask who's giving them that money. And then when you see that it's mining interests, development interests, uh, other you know growth and, and uh, de development related industries, you could bet your bottom dollar they're not going to be thinking about your long-term quality of life and the being good stewards of our environmental resources, they're going to be listening to the people that wrote those big checks. I agree completely. They're going to owe a payback for what they took. Now, one of the, there's really been a few issues that I've noticed that you are, uh, it's very common to see you as, as one of the people giving citizen comments and, uh, you know, weighing in on and, they're all kind of related in a sense. I, I, I know that you were very big into animal services, animal rights activism, and I think that's initially where I, where I came across some of your activism, but then also with water quality. And you kind of can't be into water quality without also being into phosphate mining. So that was another area where I saw you uh, quite uh, a number of times. In particular, you were one of the biggest, or I should say most vocal opponents against the approval of Mosaic's last mining plan that was yes. approved by the county. I was there for all three days of that hearing. Can you I, tell us a little bit about that and, and what you saw as being the mo mo most dangerous parts of that? I, hundreds of people showed up and begged the commissioners not to approve it. There were experts that provided testimony on why it was harmful, what problems it would cause for the environment, and... What it boiled down to was the board trying to find a way to twist everything in their favor to be able to give them the approval that they wanted. And in the reality of it is that they were not owed anything. They bought ag land. They had the right to use that land for what it was zoned at the time of purchase, which was ag. They weren't owed any rezone to extraction. Just because there's minerals under the ground and they own the mineral rights does not give them the right to extract those minerals, especially if it's going to be harmful to the environment. There was no overriding public benefit. Our county attorney said that, well, if we don't give them this approval, then they're going to come back and sue us. And that has been the, the, the party line ever since I've been here has been this sort of exasperated throwing yeah. up the arms. Hey, we're going to be across the street and it's going to cost a lot of money. And well, it would seem like the people, for all the money we waste on different things that people don't support, including the infrastructure that we end up subsidizing development with, I would think one of the things that the public would say, you know what, use some of my money, let's fight the phosphate companies, yeah. and let's say no, because again, it sounds pretty defensible in the sense that this was not mining land, this was agricultural land. Right. Those are two different things. We've The idea of overriding pu public benefit, that's gone to the wayside. That's never, ever... Yeah. The, in any of these rezones. The whole claim about food is, is such a farce. It's such false advertisement. They constantly change their slogan because they have to keep changing it to try to reword it vaguely. Right. Because it has, has nothing to do with us. Yeah, mo most of the... <laughs> my understanding is that most of the phosphate that's mined in Florida leaves the state. It and does. Much of it even leaves the country. Yeah. that's And this whole, you know, feeding the world thing, that <laughs> that's just... It's, it's crock. Um... I, I buy organic food. I don't know about other people, but you know, I don't. I don't want those chemicals in my food. And the majority of what they're using those products for is to grow GMO corn to make ethanol. Mm -hmm. 
Truth be told. So you have, and then you also have the, the intense water usage. And that's something I've written about a lot in the sense that they don't pay a market price for water. They pay a permitting fee annually. They extract massive amounts of groundwater. And anywhere, like Hillsborough County is always the, the best example because there's even more mining, considerably more mining Polk, there. Polk County. Polk is Big another one. Time. But Hillsborough, because it includes the Tampa uh, metro area, gives you this nice analogy in which Phosphate mining in Hillsborough County accounts for as much water usage as all industrial and residential in a major metro area like that. Oh, definitely. And that's that's and then what happens when the desal plant kicks on? Then everyone but the mining companies' water bill goes up because you get the the surcharge if they have to go over mm -hmm. into desal. So again, that's a way that the public is subsidizing the profits of these big powerful. Mining companies. Well, exactly. And, you know, Polk County is extracting at the north end of the Peace River. Yes, yes. And so, when you look at our long-term groundwater modeling in Florida, it's it pretty frightening to think about removing, you know, millions and billions of gallons billions of groundwater. a day. That's not ever, and they talk about retreating and all these different things, but the reality is it's not being returned to the aquifer. No. So you, you're just pumping with the straw, right? So they're pumping all the water out of the ground because they're using groundwater and then they're discharging from the clay settling ponds, the gyp stacks, the mine sites. They're discharging all that polluted water into the rivers that supply our drinking water supply. And you know, the, the Peace River is so ridiculously polluted. And in fact, a lot of people probably have no idea that two days after Ian, there was a breach at Four Corners Mine that dumped all that polluted water into the Peace River. So as that river crested and overflowed, that, that was not rainwater. That's why it was two days after the storm. Now, you've had some questions on, uh, and I, I want to say I'm not an expert on water issues. So you're, you're going to be more knowledgeable this than me. And we should also state that you're basically a self-taught uh, uh, person in this regard. Right. Um, you've had some questions on the county statement that the drinking water is perfectly fine and safe. We have as well. Do you want to talk a little bit more about, you said that you've had some testing done of some of the water? So in 2019, a friend and I tested over 30 different water bodies all the way from St. Pete to Naples. And I have all those test results. And in fact, the county themselves put an article in one of the newspapers when the Manitou River turned completely green. And the article said it was Anabana floss aqua, which now is being called Delicospermum. They keep changing the names of all these strains of cyanobacteria because I don't, I don't know why. Can, I, can you explain in layman's terms what a cyanobacteria is? Cyanobacteria, it's, um, it's, it's a microscopic algae. More people would probably understand it as an algae, but it's, it's a toxic. It produces toxins. It's a, it's a living organism mm -hmm. and it produces toxins that can cause major health issues and so whether you drink it you know a lot of people say oh well i don't drink it i don't get in the water but those toxins are aerosolized so anytime the water is disturbed anytime the water moves every You're time it, particles of it every time it rains imagine if you put soap in the bottom of the bathtub and then turned on the shower okay right I, you know that the bubbles are going to burst, mm -hmm. you know, you're, it's going to be airborne. And so all these water bodies, all these ponds and lakes and canals and rivers in town that are full of all the green slime, mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's mats of clumps of stuff floating on the surface. That stuff all becomes airborne when the wind blows. There were tests done by FGCU several years back that showed that it can travel at least 30 miles from the site. So you don't even have to be next to the pond to be affected because on a windy day, you know, you could be miles away and you're still breathing the toxins that are coming from that lake or that pond or the shoreline. Um, and some of these toxins are extremely harmful. And here's one of the things I'm worried about increasingly, really, it's ramped up my concern this summer, is that we're seeing weather patterns that are much more intensely hot yes. and dry than we've anticipated during you know the, the recent years of climate change. So I think it's, it's in my mind, posing a question, hey, what if, what if these temperatures and more frighteningly water body temperatures are going to continue to acceleratedly increase or increase at an accelerated rate then it seems like we could very quickly be creating a much more opportune environment for many of these things absolutely because the more evaporation there is the more it's getting into the air but also the less fluid there is in the actual lake so um, the, the drought effect is concentrating yes. the, right and i can tell you <laughs> since our water developed this horrible actually this was going on way before the water developed the horrible smell but um i put water out in my backyard in big glass bowls for the yard critters because there's no water in my neighborhood for them to drink and i'll put the water out and the next day after they've drank some and because it's especially since it's been so hot this year as that water evaporates, there's literally green slime in the bottom of the bowl. The next day when I go to dump it, there's there's a layer of green slime in the bottom of the bowl. And that came out of the faucet. That's what we're drinking. So l- let me ask you a couple things. What, in, in your opinion, are some of the steps from a policy perspective that we need to do differently in order to combat some of these problems? I think definitely, well, first of all, stop dumping this stuff you know, is, is the obvious thing. But, you know, why are we allowing that stuff to be dumped? The things that are being tested for in our water supply, they don't test for this stuff. Or if they do test for it, they'll test for one thing specifically. They're not testing for toxins. They say no toxins were found. Well, no, they didn't find any. But did they look for them? I've never seen a test that said, you know, negative for anabena, negative for lingbia, you know, they'll say, oh, we found this strain. Well, there's 12 strains in the pond down the street from my house. Five of them are toxic. So I could easily list one of the ones that's not toxic and say, oh, I found this. Well, so it's pointless. Yeah, there has been calls for more frequent testing and more yes. transparency and of the a, testing process. As of a week ago, they hadn't even done any testing to our water supply this year. Um, in 2019, there were three different things in it. So there was oscillatoria, there was lingbia, there was anabena. And, and these are all different kinds of cyanobacteria? These are different strains of cyanobacteria, and they're all toxic. And the county says, you know, oh, all of a sudden that disappeared? I'm sorry, but it's been there for four years. And it's in Lake Manatee. It's in the Manatee River. It's in Ward Lake. It's in the pond down the street from my house. And it's at the intercoastal. How did it disappear? So, okay, it's there. So we know it's there. Just admit it's there. Fix it. So what does our water treatment plant remove from 
our tap water? Well, after multiple calls of trying to find the answers to these questions, we can't get any answers. They did finally admit it was not reverse osmosis at the time that we spoke with them. And I actually had a meeting with several big people in charge in our county. Um, There was a county commissioner, and you know what? I'm not afraid to name them. Charlie Hunsicker was at the table. Mark Simpson was at the table. Robert Brown was at the table. And Mike Gore was at the table. And I told them, look, here's the problems that we're having with the water. These things are dangerous. We need to warn people about the dangers, even in recreational waters, so that they're not going down and and getting in the water and putting their hands in the water and taking their dogs down to the water. But the same things are in our tap water supply. So does our water treatment facility remove these things, or is it coming out of our shower? And I I get the runaround every time I ask these questions. No one can tell me. So um, a new upgrade to the water treatment facility was planned, and when, when it was presented to the Board of County Commissioners, no questions were asked about what's wrong with the current system. All they said was it was old, and it wasn't even that old. It had been upgraded a couple years before. So no tests were presented as to here's what's not being removed and we need to upgrade it so that it's better. There was no precedent on, you know, this county uses this system and it's keeping their water clean, so we're going to upgrade to what's working for them. You know, there was no no listing of, of what was going to be different about the facility and why. The only question they asked was how would it be funded? And the answer was that it'll be funded by the citizens with their water bill. And they approved it with no questions, no information, no tests, no nothing. Yeah, it was a, an incredibly... Uh, vague. Yeah, yeah. Very right. vague. And, I, and knowing that I've asked these questions previously and that I was going to be watching to see what the answers were, still no questions asked. So I, I just don't... And what Do you think the appetite is just that there's not enough public will yet because the public isn't as educated on the issue maybe as they should be i think a lot of people don't understand this and people look at me like i have three heads when i tell them about it and you know some of them think i'm a little crazy but ask yourself why why did i take the time to do this research why did i care why did i spend my money to do testing why did i spend my money out of my own pocket to run for office to try to fix these problems that are occurring why because i care and there's a problem you know i'm seeing too many sick people, too many sick animals. You've, you've talked about the sick animals a little bit before we went on air. Can you tell us a little bit more about what your concerns are in that regard? Well, I can tell you just in my own home, I had one die from bone cancer. Well, that's typically a radiation issue. Um, I also know that fluoride, extreme amounts of fluoride in tap water will cause damage to already developed skeletal bone. And what we're using as a fluoridation agent is not natural fluoride from the periodic chart of elements it's an it's an artificial chemical that's actually which comes from recycled old. from it's a waste product from the phosphate mining industry how convenient for them and the aluminum factoring manufacturing yeah rather than having to remediate that uh pollution they're able to sell yep. it instead that's a pretty good deal isn't and if it? you look up the msds sheet on fluorosilicic acid which is what is being purchased and put into water supplies you'll find it's an actually toxic chemical and you know it's it's, it's and there's also it's often pointed out there's never been an fda approval of using not fluoridated that. water for 
the, you know, teeth care and different things that they claim that it's promoting. Well, that and, and, you know, of course, this and interesting that I'm a dental hygienist, but, uh, you know, the, the recommended amount of natural occurring fluoride from mountainous areas up north is 0.7 parts per million. Well, uh, if you look at some of the well water that's out east of us in DeSoto County, they have two parts per million coming out of the water fountains at the elementary schools. Not point. And I would imagine that Hardy County is probably even worse. Arcadia. (laughs) Yeah. Arcadia has bad bad issues. And um, I got that information from someone who went to Bayshore High School who was addressing the cancer cluster. Yes. From Bayshore High School. Now, also, we had up where Pawnee Point is, used to be Borden phosphate plant. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, could some of that water contamination possibly have come from that phosphate plant a long time ago? And that's all been covered up. There was also a, uh, somewhere, it was like southeast of it, there was a facility that was owned by a, a, a defense contractor. Um, I'm trying to think which one it was absorbed by. The beryllium plant. Yes, yes. Well, that's that Lockheed was Martin. One. Lockheed Martin. Yeah, it was a different name at the time. Yeah, but I yeah. lived down the street. Martin Marietta, I think, at the time. Yeah, before the merger. And that was another one where it was like, yep. is is it not possible that this has gotten and it, there? And it's a lot easier to blame a company that doesn't exist anymore. Correct. Well, and that's... It is to admit that there's I, problems. I, uh, I covered the Bayshore, uh, that, that whole... Se- I did... Long form series of articles on that whole thing, and what you find is, in it, in the sense of legal culpability, they have it where it's almost impossible to ever get someone to be found liable for anything that leads to cancer because the defense is always you can't, you know, it's it's almost like climate change when they say, well, you can't tie any one hurricane directly to right. you know, you know, the overarching trend uh but we do know that it provides a better environment for it. And the same thing comes with cancer is well you know yeah there there do seem to be an inordinate amount of very rare leukemias and cancers coming yes. out of this you know these this one window of graduating classes from this one school and oh by the way a bunch of employees as well yeah. um but you know have you ever you know, eating uh, artificial sweeteners. Do you drink diet soda? Do you, have you ever used this, that, right. or the other thing that are all, you know, also linked to higher rates of cancer? Well, how in the world can we say it was your time here at that high school, you individually? You know? when, when you find archived news articles from mm-hmm. the 70s claiming that Sarasota County's tap water is contaminated from the phosphate plant in Manatee County, that's, that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Go and on. Sarasota County banned phosphate mining in their county when they discovered that Manatee County was polluting the tap water in Sarasota with high levels of radiation and chemicals. And I have those news articles on my computer at home. And I've, I've, I was born in Sarasota. I'm 56 years old. I've, I've lived in Sarasota and Manatee counties my entire life. So I've been exposed to these things since I was born. My mother died from colon cancer in 2021. Colon cancer that spread to her femur, her breastbone, both lungs, and her brain. She had seven brain tumors. That's how we discovered she even had cancer in the first place. Oh. 
And, you know, my mother didn't drink, she didn't smoke, she didn't, she didn't do any of these things they like to blame right. cancers on. And when I was a child, my I was a state champion archer. My mom was a national champion archer. We used to go and shoot tournaments all the time in Lakeland and Tampa near those gyp stacks that looked like the pyramids of Egypt mm-hmm. to me as a kid. I didn't know what they were, you know, how much time did we spend around that stuff? And we didn't know. You know, we drank the tap water. I, I didn't. When I found out that there were issues with the tap water in Manatee County in 2018, when my dog got bone cancer, and I started looking into all these things, you know, I haven't drank the tap water since 2018, and neither of my dogs. But I still had one with kidney failure, um, one with intestinal cancer, two with neurological disorders and degenerative myelopathy, which is ALS for dogs. Mm-hmm. Damage to the myelin sheath and the spinal cord. Um, they lose the the use of their back legs in the Florida Panthers. They've seen this happening with Florida Panthers, and they call it feline leukomyelopathy now. Where the Panthers they find on trail cameras, you know, video footage of them dragging their back legs. Really? And some of them I think are being hit by cars because they can't run anymore. Right. And you know, when they can't run, they're gonna get hit by cars. And you know, it's it, all these things are so interconnected. Let's. Uh, you brought up animals again, and I want to get your insight on the really mysterious dynamics that are happening among Manatee Can- County Animal Services. And we've seen just recently there were, I believe, eleven volunteers summarily dismissed with a form letter. Uh, I've seen documentation that these were some of the most um, appreciated and and you know, uh, regaled volunteers that the organization had. They were people that were singled out for the great job they did and the tireless amount of time that they donated. And every bit of that is true. I've been, I've been following that even before I started researching water. In fact, it was at the County BOCC meetings that I went to as, as an animal activist that someone else at those meetings kept discussing water fluoridation. So being a dental professional, that got my attention, and I started researching into that, and that's how I learned about phosphate mining, and you know that started the whole water issue. But the the animal the animal services issues have been going on for at least ten years that I know of that I've been following. Um, there's always been problems at that facility with management. No one's ever done anything about it. The volunteers have always been treated poorly. Anyone who speaks out against the the facility or or the department you know, gets ostracized and, and everyone acts like, you know, you're a horrible person because you care about the animals. And and trust me, I've been in front of them complaining about animal services before. When I found, you know, unnecessary deaths, when I, have, I have euthanasia records showing deaths with no sedatives. I, I've been inside the facility. I've seen the conditions. I've smelled the smell in the air. Um, I've actually been removed from the facility and from the kennels previously and told to go sit out front and wait for the the animal services chief to come and talk to me and then he never showed up um had to go to his office another day to try to get a meeting to talk to him they they lied he's not there he's not there all of a sudden he walks out he is there you know they'll they'll dodge every bullet they can no and and just like what, the do, what do you think the Why? root of it is? What are they yeah, hiding? That's my question. What, what do you they, think the root of the issue is? What are they hiding? Why do they refuse to fix things? 
Why did they hire a chief when there was a much better qualified candidate willing to take the job, and instead they hired somebody who had previous issues in St. Pete when she was working for a different organization up there, and dogs were disappearing under her watch? You know, what, what, is, what is the big secret? Why can't we make things better? And, you know, there's, there's one commissioner on our board now who's trying to do everything he can to find out everything he can and trying to fix the problem. And they wouldn't even let him discuss it yesterday. Yeah, that was a, I, I, and, I, and we're referring to Tuesday's um, county commission meeting and Commissioner Cruz was asking a number of questions. Yes. And what we got instead was a dog and pony show presentation about how great animal service department is doing from the animal services department. Everything they showed was going on outside the facility. They didn't show the facility. Right. You know, why? Why? Why can't they get qualified people to take these I've, jobs? I've been in the Palmetto facility. It's and awful. I've seen it for myself. It is absolutely horrendous. Oh, the smell will knock Horrendous, you yes. I mean, at least they finally got rid of some of the people that were, were actually abusing the dogs. I had a witness ready to go to the state attorney's office over what he witnessed in there, and we couldn't seem to get a meeting with anybody. Um, you know, I've, I've got pictures. I've got... You know, dogs were disappearing and then coming back with injuries, uh, you know, problems with the drug logs. What, you know, I, I, I can't put my finger on exactly what's happening. I could speculate. But one of the reasons I ran for office was because if you can't do anything about it as a citizen, and when you go and speak to your elected officials and they won't recognize your problem and they won't do anything about it, what do you do? You run yourself. Right. <laughs> so then you can have access to all these secrets that are being hidden and, you know, I actually had someone tell me, well, you can't just walk in there anytime you want to. If you win, you know that you're going to be sitting in your office downtown. I'm like, um, n- no, <laughs> sorry, you're wrong. If I'm sitting on the board, I'm going to go anywhere I want and I'm going to find out what I want. And, you know, they're not going to tell me not to. Well, maybe this is why I didn't win. <laughs> well, unfortunately, there's probably some there there. And it, it seems like most of this stems from just a political vendetta in which yes. they the county was building a East County shelter facility that was going to be state of the art. And I gotta be honest with you, I didn't understand the value of it until I was better educated. And I and I came to better understood the economic impact that it could have, the way that there is uh associated um industries, you know, everything from the pet supply stores to uh, uh, you, you know, the, the visitation and uh, volunteer opportunities, the way that children are impacted by it, school programs and so forth. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for that to have an outsized impact right. than that investment. Why are we expanding everything else out east Yeah, beyond the FDAB even? But they think that people are going to go from there to this crappy facility in Palmetto to adopt a dog? Right. That's Wait, not going to happen. So the what it clearly seemed to be was that was a way to stick a thumb in Commissioner Whitmore's eye on the way out because she wanted it and she, you know, uh, saw herself as a champion of animal rights and that was just a, hey, here's here's one more thing we're going to do to gut the old guard. Right. We're going to take this project away and that's all well and good. You scored in your little game. Yeah, of it's a political, political game. Who, stuff, who suffers? Right, dogs. exactly, exactly. And, and the community as a whole with the opportunity that's missed. Right. And and providing that. I think that would have been a, and, you know, I, I will point out that before Commissioner Cruz had his 
recent maybe come to Jesus, if you want to call it, he was one of the people that, that talked that down as well. Um, you know, so it's unfortunate, but there definitely seems to be something going on. We're going to have full coverage of that. Uh, my colleague Don Kitterman is going to have a report in the Sunday edition. And I got to tell you from having just read the attachments that were in yesterday's agenda, uh, on the matter, it seemed very clear to me that, these volunteers that were dismissed had one thing in common, which was they were speaking up about the bad conditions and they were only doing that outside the proper channels after they had gone through the proper channels and said, Hey, this is really bad. I can't abide this happening to the animals in these conditions remaining, you know, what can we do here? And when they, their police fell upon deaf ears, they spoke up and said, Hey community, we need to do something about this. You know, this is, we're better than this and we can do a better job for, for, you know, these needy animals. And then it was, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You can't, uh, you can't point yeah. out what's going on here. You're gone. That's Just, what it, it seems like what? to me it from is, the superficial part. That's exactly what happens. And, and when I went before the board and complained, you know, I was, I was removed from the facility and and i was treated the same way there were other people uh, 10 years ago that were fighting these same issues and and the tr- the way they treated us was awful and i actually tried to adopt a dog from manatee county animal services and was denied the adoption of a 13 year old special needs dog that had one leg that wasn't attached to her spine, so she walked with a limp, and she was found in the street. They thought she got hit by a car, and she ended up at animal services, and they were not going to let me adopt this dog. Why? Already a horrendously difficult adoption to make under any circumstances. You would think they'd be kissing the feet of anyone willing to help. I just, I mean, my heart sank. I went, she can't stay there. They'll kill her. Did they give you a reason? And they told me that she had a rescue hold. Well, a rescue hold means if someone doesn't come and adopt the dog, you, you're not supposed to kill it because the rescue group will take it as a last resort. But they told me there was rescue hold on this dog, so they were not going to adopt the dog out to me. So I reached out to friends. I got the dog, <laughs> but they, they literally denied me an adoption. That's how much of a vendetta they hold against people. And, and in fact, remember when you mentioned the, uh, the supervisor of elections office, I submitted three bios, three different bios. I rewrote my bio three times. They didn't print any of them. The only thing that was on the website was my photograph. They refused to put any of the things that I stood for on there because they said that it looked biased. And I'm like, well... That's absurd. <laughs> isn't the whole reason for running for office to try to make changes about things that you're And not to happy communicate with? what your platform and... They would not put my bio on the wow. Supervisor of Elections website. Interesting. And, you know, the Supervisor of Elections was affiliated with a big builder in town with some fundraising efforts on a facility at the time that I was very much against some of those things as well. So, you know, I think a lot of the retaliation, um, one of the newspapers put the wrong party on my bio when they printed it Really, in the newspaper. They, they literally, and I ran NPA. Mm -hmm. I'm a registered Republican and I ran NPA because I was trying to make a point 
that these issues are not party issues to me. They're everyone issues. These things affect everyone the same way. There, there's no red and blue when it comes to, you know, animal cruelty and environment. I would absolutely and, love if the county uh, seats were nonpartisan like the city and the school board. I feel like it should be like judges because they need to be able to look at things from both sides. Yeah. They need to look at this as an overall benefit to the people who live here, not my party versus your party. But they literally put on in the newspaper that I was a Democrat. Really? Well, I've never been a Democrat. I, I don't, And I don't care. You know, like I, right, but that I know, clearly I know. in Manatee County that is but they a, obviously yeah. did it to turn people against me, and the things that they 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 sat for three hours taking notes with me, and I explained about animal services, I explained about environmental problems, I explained about water problems, I explained about issues that I have with county government, and the things that they actually printed made me look like a complete idiot. They didn't print anything important, even though he took pages and pages and pages of notes of things that I said, the things that he actually printed were completely worthless. It made me look like the dumb blonde that they wanted to paint me out to be. Mm. And it was ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, and most of most of the speaking engagements that I went to, my opponent didn't come. Yes, I do recall that. She, she showed up at one, the very last one. She showed up at one speaking engagement. Well, and that's the mentality of, you know, I've got... The money. Yeah, so, so the- I never got to really go up against her fairly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that wasn't right. I did I did get the opportunity to speak about things I cared about. But a lot of times when you go to those events, they'll ask you questions. The, you know, the statue downtown was a big issue at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, oh, what do you think about the statue? What do you think about the statue? Well, I think there's a whole lot worse things going on, to be honest. I'd rather not talk about the statue. I'd rather talk about... You know, right, the, right. the poison in our water, the animal abuse at animal services, you know, the way we're treated by our government, uh, you know, to me, there was bigger problems. But the, the way the way things are manipulated and twisted and they're trying to turn us as citizens against each other. Yes. And trying to get us to fight amongst ourselves about these party line issues and national issues and, you know, people kept calling me and harassing me about my stance on abortion. And I'm like, that's not even a county issue. Right. <laughs> Ask me about something that has to do with this county, please. I, I There's a lot of things I want to say. Or the Second Amendment stuff they bring in all the time. I don't, yeah. don't want to talk about abortion. That's not, that's not my problem. That's not our problem as a county. You know, someone on the board now keeps bringing it up as if it is. But that's not a county issue. It's a state issue. And they, they constantly harp on these state issues. Useful, useful distractions because they exactly. suck up all the political energy that could otherwise right. be turned on the important things that you're talking about. Uh, right. And, you know, I'm like, well, can, can we talk about people getting sick from our water, please? Can we talk about something that, that's No, the water's fine. Let's talk everyone. about the statue. Right. You know, can you, can you get a decent treatment Animal facility? services is fine. Didn't you see the video yesterday? Uh, right. You know, can we, can we allow these volunteers to do more? Can we get someone in charge? And, and the big one, uh, which we're covering very closely right now, and this is the big score, ladies and gentlemen, so pay very close attention because these elections, the past two cycles, weren't about getting these developments approved. They were going to get approved anyway. They were all getting approved with the last two boards. These last two cycles were about the rewriting of the comp plan and the wetland policy. Yes. And those are, as we, as we reported this week, they are looking to completely gut wetland protections of the county and just use the state minimums. It appears that they had to go to a second uh, 
consultant before they got the answer that they wanted. And this is being completely driven by industry, not by the science, not by thoughtful engagement with the community. And if they're able to gut the wetland policy, and if the comp plan is adjusted so that basically everything is residential in the county, boy, talk about ramping up what they've been doing for the last two decades, but doing it at at scales of orders of magnitude. And why why was the biggest environmental candidate in the last 10 years shushed on talking about environment? And in fact, the state the state requirements for for wetlands and rivers. 15 feet. Yeah. But and, and but the state actively encourages communities to adopt stronger policies. You and you can make you can make more strict policies on a county level. Yes. You can't and make them more lax. Yes. yes. But the board constantly says, "Well, this is what the state says. This is what the state says." But you can make your own regulations and make them stricter. You don't have to approve right. three homes per acre, you know, for miles and miles. Well, I think the point you're making is the same as the point on the phosphate issue, which is all of this stuff, if you're paying any attention at all, starts with the answer and then is reverse engineered yes. into the explanation. Yes. And what do you think is going to happen with phosphate mining when they take away all the county regulations and they get a 15 foot buffer to the river for their outflows and their mine sites? What do you think is going to happen then? Because first is starting with it. This is this is my this is my take on it. Hurry up and develop as fast as you can. Build these homes as fast as you can. Use up the developers' land as fast as you can. No no more water restrictions. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to take away the environmental protections. And then once all those homes are built and sold, then what's going to happen? Because Mosaic bought a new parcel of land last year. And they own land. Is this adjacent to the Wingate? That's mine? all been um, already. It falls under the master mining plan, but there are parcels that haven't been rezoned, rezoned for extraction yet. Yeah. yet. So once they finish building all these houses, now Mosaic is going to rezone all of the land that they have for mining, and people are going to realize it's right next to their house or across the street. But they would have never bought that house across the street from a phosphate mine. So things have been on hold with the phosphate industry because they've been trucking all the waste from Piney Point out east and recovering the solids from that. And, and I'll tell you, they used to dump the uranium in the dipsack. But uranium is very valuable now. It didn't used to be. And now it's actually more valuable than the phosphate because of nuclear energy, mm-hmm. nuclear weapons. You know, there, there's a lot of uses for it now. So they've been keeping themselves busy recovering stuff from Piney Point, so they didn't need to dig up the ground. But once that runs out, they're going to be coming forward for more rezones to do more extraction in our county. And that means more waste. You know, I mean, all that green water in Piney Point, so they trucked it all out east. Why is their water so green now? Probably because after they recovered what they wanted from it, they dumped it into the rivers. And everyone's allowing it to happen. That we don't know, though, correct? I, I'm, uh, okay, I'll say that's my theory. Okay. Um, I'm not saying I would put anything past the, <laughs> oh, well, the faucet you know mining, but I, I probably could have proved it because I asked to come out to Piney Point when, when the breach happened and the spill happened and they closed it all off. I asked, I begged, please let me come and test the water because I saw the green water coming out of the pipe and I know what's in it. I suspect 
that I know what's in it. I wanted to prove it. I said, please let me come and get a sample. I'll test it. Then we'll know what it is. We'll know if it's safe or not. You know, please let me know. Vanessa Ball herself told me to stay away from the site. You know, I don't need to get trespassed because I'm going to go get a water sample. But why didn't they let me do it? Because they don't want answers to questions they do not wish to ask. So right? if that matched the same strain that's coming out of the outflow, matched the same strain that's in the river, matched the same strain that's in the lake. That you would know, have been indicative uh, of it. Right? Yeah. So, you know, they were like, oh, absolutely not. You're so not the, the problem with not being able to <laughs> prove it is that you're not allowed to try. You're not allowed <laughs> to try. I can't. Yeah. I, there are so many places that I can't get to without trespassing so you know I, I can't get i can't get to some of these places but mm -hmm. i can i can show the chain from as far right. as i can go but there's no appetite to get more information because no one wants bad news but that you know county officials should be able to go do that why, again, why won't they do it but again no one wants bad right. news if you don't want bad news what's the don't easiest way to avoid it. it is not to ask yeah, questions right for it. and i think that that is a, a theme we're seeing over and over and regardless of how much of this plays out to uh be true I don't think anybody can look at Manatee County and not see a development strategy that is hurry up, build it all out now. Well, um, and you know what, too? I mean, there's supposed to be a buffer around all the ponds. There's supposed to be a natural buffer before you get to the grass that's mowed. Mm -hmm. There should be a natural vegetation buffer. Right. So instead of allowing that buffer to grow, they mow it all down. They spray Roundup. The county uses rodeo, same thing as Roundup. They spray this weed killer all over everything. It leaches into the water. It pollutes the water with chemicals that feed the algae blooms. They're taking out the plants that absorb the nutrients that keep the water cleaner. You know, why Why is this happening? Now you want to allow a 15-foot buffer, which then you're going to go mow down and spray Roundup all over, and we're going to have a direct route right straight into the water supply of all these chemicals. You know, why, why can't we do things right? Because the water's fine and we've got houses to build, Candy. <laughs> Haven't you heard? There's a, there's a housing crisis. People want to move here and we have to build them houses. Do you like that mentality? I hear that all the time. People want to move People here. People want to move here. What are we going to do? And it's like, why is that suddenly we our community's responsibility? build more accommodations. Whoever wants to come, we have to. No, we don't have. <laughs> at a certain point, you're full, right? Right. And, and you know, as people move away, as, as people die, you know, there's empty homes. Right. So and, and sometimes no, that market will just control itself. It just kind of, you know, it's like a revolving Let me door. ask you, uh, let's close with, do you have any advice or encouragement for anybody that's out there that's thinking about jumping in and running for office and trying to mount a grassroots campaign? Please do it. Please speak every chance you get. You know, get get your own word out there. You know, I, did, I didn't have the funding to be able to pay for websites and consultants and mailers and all those things and so you know i did i did my entire campaign myself it, it did cost a lot of money the the fees alone just to to file mm -hmm. to run are high but if you sit back and don't try you're going to be mad at yourself for not trying at least i can say i tried at least i spread information out to the public maybe people became aware of something that they wouldn't have known about otherwise so it wasn't a complete waste because i didn't win you know, could I have made more change and made more of a difference if I won? Yes, but, you know, at least at least I got the ball rolling. And and I showed that someone can actually do this, you know, and, and whether you win or not, it's not a, even about attacking your opponent. It's about what are you bringing to the table? And, and most most of these campaigns are like, well, that person did that, and that person did that, and yeah, you know what? I don't, I don't care what they did when they weren't sitting at the dais voting on something I care about. 
Uh, you know, and, and I get tired of that. Oh, look what so-and-so did. Oh, they're a bad person. You know what? I, I don't care what they do in their own time. That's none of my business. I care about which way did they vote when that came forward. And did they say yes or no to something that could harm our county? That's what I care about. Pretty, uh, pretty good standard to have when we're talking about public <laughs> servants. So I'd like to uh, close by thanking you for your activism. Um, I think if more people got involved at that level and became educated uh, to the best of their ability, asked questions, showed up, gave their opinion, put pressure on uh, public office holders, I think we would have fewer problems in the community. So thank you, and I hope you keep it up. And I hope someone out there heard that and thought, why not me? Because yes. I think there are some good opportunities uh, to take advantage and leverage this community frustration with the grassroots campaign this yes. time around. Yes. All right. Join us Sunday for the BradentonTimes.com Sunday edition. As always, thank you for listening to the Bradenton Times podcast, your source of fact-based news and analysis without an agenda.